Okay. Okay, this is not working. We're going to walk over this part. <laughs> That's my roommate, Hannah. She's learning how to roller skate. She's still got a long way to go. You can hear her stomping on the sidewalk. I asked for roller skates for my birthday and Christmas every year as a child. As a child? Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> Just because I thought it would be really fun. A few months ago, skating around Bloomington would have been impossible for her. Hannah was diagnosed with anorexia last April, and she spent two months this summer in a treatment center recovering. Now she lives with me and our friend Sarah in our own little apartment. This is us now, but a year ago. So I wanted to start skipping meals and stuff, not to lose weight really, but to punish myself, I guess. Hannah gave herself a limit on the number of calories she could eat in a day. At first, the limit was 1,200, then it was 1,000, then 500. Near the end, she was eating under 300 calories a day. Sarah didn't notice because she didn't know what to look for. I didn't notice because I spent all of my time thinking about food, just like Hannah did. I was diagnosed with anorexia about a year before Hannah was. When you're starving, it's hard to focus on anything else. Talking to people, taking notes in class, and even sleeping will only get harder the hungrier you get. It was horrible. I would see other people eating, and I would just stare at their food. Like, I would try to figure out how many calories other people were eating, then, like, wish that I could eat the food, but know that I wasn't allowed to eat the food. Eating disorders rely heavily on rules. These rules are different for everyone, and they aren't logical. With my salads, I had to eat everything in a certain order, so it was, like, lettuce and then cucumbers and then broccoli and then peppers. I'm sure this sounds crazy to most of you, but take my word for it. Everyone listening who's had anorexia knows what I'm talking about. We all made our rules to limit calories and keep ourselves thin. And because Hannah and I were going through it at the same time and never talked about it, it turned into a sort of silent competition. First semester, there were a bunch of people hanging out in our room and you said that like you hadn't eaten lunch because you had an eating disorder. And then everybody was fawning over you and that made me really mad. Hannah wanted to be sicker than I was. She started doing more to lose weight, including exercise. I would go on nine mile walks after a while, I had to cut down on it because I just, like, physically couldn't do it. And eventually I had to stop doing it altogether. Hannah couldn't even walk to class without having to stop and sit down to catch her breath. I had suspected her eating disorder for a while at this point, but until I interviewed her for this project, I had no idea just how bad she'd gotten. Her parents didn't either, although they knew something was wrong. I was eating a lot more at home to try to cover it up, but I still wasn't eating as much as I usually did. I wouldn't eat snacks or anything if they offered them to me. My dad was like, Hannah, you have to start eating. Even after she knew she was sick, she didn't want to get any better. I wanted to look really, really skinny and sick, and I guess I wanted my emotional pain to look more like a physical problem. For as long as I can remember, I've always felt like I was different and that I didn't fit in. Hannah says now that this feeling of isolation is probably because of depression. She thought she was different from everyone else and stopped eating to punish herself for it. She wouldn't accept help from anyone until one night in January when Sarah told her she was worried. I did say, like, I wanted her to get whatever help she needed. You know, I didn't know what she should do. I just wanted her to be okay, and I didn't exactly know what that meant. Hannah says Sarah was the reason she started going to therapy. I felt like if I didn't go, then she would go to our RA or like call my parents or something eventually. And like I wanted to be the one who had control over when I started treatment. Hannah met with a nutritionist, a psychologist, and a physician from January through April. I tried and I did go over my calorie limit by a lot and I would like gradually raise my calorie limit, but under the condition that I was still losing weight. 
And there was one week where I had gone on like a 15 mile walk. So I felt like I should have lost weight that week, but I actually gained like a fraction of a pound or something. At that point, like I decided that I wasn't going to try anymore. It wasn't just the food either. Hannah was still having trouble fitting in with her classmates. I felt like I was inadequate, even with my friends, because I just felt like I wasn't fun to be around, and I wasn't funny or fun to talk to, or just like I wasn't a good friend. She went back to her old calorie counts, her blood pressure went down, and her liver started failing. They um, told me that they needed to like get my parents involved. They called her parents and found a treatment center. I didn't even really want to recover, I just wanted to get out. If she could trick everyone into believing that she was okay, Hannah thought she would be able to get out of the treatment center. But that wasn't what happened. The treatment center forced her to communicate and really get better. Everybody there had an eating disorder. It wasn't like this special thing. So we got to know what everybody's interests and values and stuff were outside of the eating disorder. And it was kind of nice to be reminded that that part of our identity existed too. Being in the treatment center was exactly what Hannah needed. About four weeks into her stay, she discovered something. It was this breakthrough where I was like, oh, I can recover. And everybody was like, Hannah, like you've changed so much. I didn't want to get better like until after I had already started getting better. While Hannah spent her summer in a treatment center, I spent it in another country. We didn't talk again until I moved into our apartment in August. But Sarah was much better about keeping in touch. We emailed every day. I think we skipped five days. I think she usually, I usually sent it in the morning before I went to work. And then she read it when she got off treatment at like six and she emailed me back and I got it that night. And then the next morning I would write to her. Sarah was there for Hannah the whole summer for support. Hannah was in treatment for two months. And during that time, she learned to plan out her own meals, something that she still has to do today. Do they have orange passion fruit guava juice at Spia? Every meal is divided into ounces and grams until she has just the right amount of calories. For her, it's hard to imagine ever stopping. In my mind, it's either like I relapse or I gain all the weight. How do you see this affecting you down the road? Like 10, 20 years from now, how do you see this impacting your life? I mean, I would hope that that far down the line, I would have recovered fully. At the end of our interviews, Hannah and I talked about why we wanted to tell this story. I think it's important for people to realize that weight loss isn't always good and not feeding yourself is not admirable. I wanted to tell this story because so many other people have suffered through the same thing. And like I thought I was alone and I was special for it, but I wasn't. And it's just that no one talks about it because it's not seen as a serious issue. And I still don't think that my story is worth telling, but, like, yours is, so I'll tell yours. I mean, I I relate to, like, the not feeling like your story is good enough, like, because that's how I feel about mine. I also asked if she was happy now. Probably happier than since, like, I was a little kid. One day, after we all moved in together, Sarah brought home a flyer for the local roller derby team. And I was like, hey, I've always wanted to roller skate. And so I did. I'd so it's different ah! from the it's different from the walks you used to take last oh, year. Oh yes, most definitely. I'm probably not burning very many calories right now. I don't know, you're working and pretty also, hard. And also I'm not like thinking about the calories that I'm burning. So So it's just for fun. Yeah. From Bloomington, I'm Taylor Haggerty. Yellow submarine, yellow submarine, we all live.